Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to Sex and Happiness, the show about your sex and your happiness, and my sex and my happiness, and my guest's sex and happiness as well. So today, I'm excited to have a brand new show, which we're going to be talking about couples in quarantine, because that's been on everybody's mind since March of 2020. And, um, and today, my guest is Dr. Diana Wiley. And Diana is a PhD, a licensed marriage and family therapist and board certified sex therapist in Seattle, Washington. And she is the author of a brand new book, Love in the Time of Corona, Advice from a Sex Therapist for Couples in Quarantine. So Diana, it's so. do you want me to call you Diana or Dr. Diana? Oh, Diana's fine. Okay, all right, great. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to Thank you, Laurie. And so um, I'm so thrilled that we're talking because I had a chance to read the book. And um, and I I think it's great. I think it's really good, healthy uh, advice and information for people. But before we actually get into the content of what the message is, I want to know like how you became a certified sex therapist, how you... Uh, how you started to focus on that um, from being a family therapist, you know, like, did you, you know, were you always on this trajectory or did something shift? Uh, I think I was always on the trajectory. I was a fortunate girl because I grew up in a very affectionate, demonstrative family. And my parents were role models for playful passion and of course, they were never inappropriate, but, but we, my sister and I got to see them hugging and kissing and dad coming up behind mom who would be cooking at the stove and he'd put his arms around her and nuzzle her neck. How wonderful that is. That is. Plus, yes. Plus, I remember I grew up in the Hollywood Hills and we were driving as a family when I was about in fifth grade um, from um, Santa Barbara back home to Los Angeles. And my parents started telling us the facts of life. My mother would come in on the menstruation parts and the female parts, but they were very matter of fact. And, but they also said sex is beautiful. Of course, the caveat, this was the fifties, uh, was, um, you know, wait until you're married. And, um, I remember looking out the window and, because I, I, I was so shocked when I heard the part that to make a baby, the penis goes in the woman's vagina. And I'm looking out the window and I, rem I remember still, you know, I was like 10 or 11, my mother turning around and saying, Diana, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. This is a wonderful, beautiful part of marriage. <laughs> and uh, so who, who I, I, I was sort of embarrassed, uh, but... Nevertheless, growing up in, in this kind of a household, 
I didn't develop any shame or anxiety around my sexuality. That gave me an amazing start in California. So I got my master's and, and um, in marriage and family therapy. And I had to do uh, 3,000 hours of internship and different supervisors had to write off my hours and all of that before I could go to Sacramento and take a written and then an oral exam. Um, so um, one of my internships was at the VA in Menlo Park. And all of these uh, uh, guys who were inpatients, um, they were, they, it was um, for substance abuse. And at that time, many of them were still veterans and relatively young, because this is, goes back, oh, almost 40 years ago, from Vietnam. And they had never had sex without being high on alcohol or, or heroin or some other drug. So they wanted me to talk to this group of vets. And I'm an intern, but I discovered that I was comfortable doing it. I could do sex education. That's and, wonderful. Yeah. And so and I thought, this is really interesting, really interesting. And one of my main supervisors was Dr. Maria Flaherty. And we later did two women's groups together once I was licensed um, for six or seven years. And all of the women had had sexual trauma in their past. So, yeah. Yeah. So, say, yeah, because I almost don't know anybody except what you just said. I almost don't know anybody who hasn't had sexual trauma in their past. It's rare these days to find anyone who hasn't had something whether they remember it or not, you know, like sometimes they had, they're traumatized and they don't even remember what happened. I've had a lot of those in terms of clients. Now, just because I was a fortunate girl that right. I had secure attachment. And of course I was able to pass that along to my children. And I now see, well, I have a son and a daughter, but my daughter is married and, and, uh, and, and has two little boys. And I, I get to see, her parenting, her mothering, and the secure attachment. It makes a huge difference. Can so you I'm very um, lucky to have that? Yes, super, super lucky. But it doesn't mean that I can't empathize or understand. I do completely. And maybe it's even a little better because my boundaries are very clear. And I, do, I don't, I'm, you know, I remember years ago. Wait, wait, I have to just interrupt okay. you for a second. Um, when you say secure attachment, some of my listeners may not know what that means. So when you say I developed secure attachment and I, and I instilled that in my children as well, can you describe or um, define what that means? Yeah, secure attachment. Um, well, the whole attachment theory was developed in the 50s by a psychiatrist out of New, uh, U, the UK. And so uh, a lot of experiments that have been duplicated many, many times. So you have secure attachment, basically, anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. So when you have secure attachment, though, you have, usually it's a mother, your primary caregiver, who is available to you and makes eye contact and hugs you and is there for you. But still, you have, um, she says, go out and explore the world. It's a safe place. I'm here. I'm here for you, but go and explore. 
I went around the world alone when I was 24 years old. Wow. For nine months. Wow, that's huge. And my daughter did the same thing, basically. So it's about exploring the world and having the confidence to do that. And feeling because, safe. Because you were safe. You were yeah. safe. Yeah, feeling safe. Okay, that's great. So now you're going to say you were remembering something. You were coming back to something. Um, well, I don't know. Cut you off. Do you remember what it was? It. Um, it was. In, yeah. It was. It, it was apropos of the vets that you were working with, in uh, in the Vietnam vets, and um, and then you were saying something. If we don't remember it, it's okay. It's we'll, all right. We'll just we'll just go on. But yeah, I'm I'm just very grateful that I can be a, a teacher, a sex educator. And I do that through my radio show, Love, Lust and Laughter, which has been Progressive Radio Network on for 10 years. And then through, and my work with my clients. And now I see them over Zoom. But um, I've been doing this work, this sex therapy work for nearly 35 years. Wow. And, and it's been deeply satisfying. I have no intention of retiring. God willing, I keep my marbles. And, uh, uh, but it's just to see transformations in people that are able to finally have more uh, physical intimacy. And that they, sometimes they'll have a, a good amount of emotional intimacy, but sometimes they're too much like long-term married couples are too much like brother and sister. And yeah. they've lost that erotic edge. Right. So let's talk about that because I feel like that not only does that happen normally in people who are together for, for too much of the time, but it's happening more during this quarantine, during COVID-19. It's happening to people who aren't, who haven't been together for, for 25 years or 35 years or something like that. It's happening to people because they're just spending too much time together. So your book addresses that. So let's talk about that a little bit. What happens when people are together too much? Well, if, if, if uh, they had issues in their marriage before COVID, uh, then COVID might have just completely killed <laughs> the, uh, the marriage <laughs> because it increases with too much togetherness. Uh, it, 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 uh, increases some of the stresses that um, uh, that the couples are experiencing. Um, they, they, it, they, you, it's a good time to suspend conflict if you can. Because, <laughs> and good. oftentimes couples that are overstressed stop listening to each other too. And um, one of the things that I suggest in getting... Uh, getting your sex life back on track is to really experience, really sit down with your partner and have a heartfelt talk and with an open heart. Yeah. And you suggested a talking stick or something. I love that in your book, you were suggesting something from Native Americans, a talking stick so that That's nobody right. interrupts each other. And that's really a big piece because people don't feel heard. And then sometimes when they feel heard, they don't feel understood. And so you're, you, you went into great detail in your book to, of 
showing people how they should really listen to each other, which I think is, uh, is really excellent. If you do that, and even the eye gazing, I guess in Tantra, it's called soul gazing. Well, but we if call you, it eye gazing, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like a major tantric practice, yeah. Yes. And it can, it can help a couple feel closer to each other almost immediately. They're really looking into each other's eyes. And they can do that. And then I have a sweet nothings exercise, which I do with the couples that I see uh, in my psychotherapy practice. The sweet nothings exercise is where each person has about a minute to say what they really appreciate and really love about the other. And then, then the other person has a turn and then they process it. You know, I can remember a few times when I've done this, and especially when I was seeing couples in person before the pandemic, where I've had uh, male partners, husbands actually cry that they had not heard something so sweet and affectionate from their partners. They didn't know that they were loved in these ways. We really need to show appreciation. And if we don't tell our partners and give compliments, um, it's, it's, it's really a shame. And it becomes like emotional foreplay too, if, if you are complimentary and yes. You know, my partner told me that um, really all he wants to hear after each thing, whatever it is that he does, is he just wants these words. He wants these specific words. Good job. Yes. He just wants that. He just wants to feel like that thing he did. Good job. And I said, really, that's it? You don't want to see, you don't want me to say, you know, I loved when you da 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 da. He goes, no, I actually want to hear these words. Good job. <laughs> so I said, okay, yeah. you're going to get good job all the time. Did your, uh, did your partner hear that from his parents when he was growing up? Probably not. Probably never. Mm-hmm. Probably, did, probably hasn't heard it much in his life at all. Um, so so he, he needs it now. Yeah, he tells me the very specific. He's very articulate. So... Um, and I'm not surprised. So are you. So you <laughs> good match. And has had really good training. Uh, really has put himself through really good transformational training. So he, you know, we also, we do couples coaching. And um, he says to me, though, just say these words. Good job. After everything. That way I'll know that you saw it. <laughs> you noticed it. And you appreciate it. If you would just say that. That would make me so happy. So it's easy. He, he trained me what to say to him. Well, the, and that is so important for couples to say what they need, what they want, and especially in their sexual relationship, obviously, to say what they need. You know, if, if you don't tell your partner what you want and need, it's, it's like going on a treasure hunt without any clues. You can't be a mind reader. You know, some people actually think, and you're probably aware of this, Lori, that if you, you know, if you really loved me, you'd know what I want every single minute all the time. Yeah. And of course, to me, it's like pulling a rabbit out of your sleeve, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) no one can know all that. And and it's, uh, 
Yeah, they don't know. Plus, I discovered yeah. men are not educated in these things. I used to think that men talked with each other about sex. And, and I found out that they don't, they say, did you get laid? And then the, whoever they're asking will say, yeah, it was great. And they often brag. But they you don't, know, they don't I, talk about it. They don't talk about it. You know, um, <laughs> I once read, and this really resonated true for me, because I'd spent time in Italy uh, one summer, and I had an Italian boyfriend. This was when I was in my 20s. But I read that Italian men actually talk to each other about sexuality and relationships. Really? Yes. And you know the Italian stallion. Well, that applies to his penis size. But Italian men have a reputation for being good lovers. That's right. They also have a reputation for pinching and harassing. Oh, God, I remember that. That was... If you were there at 24, it was probably, I mean, for me, it was super uncomfortable. I was there when I was 18. Yeah, super uncomfortable. But but talking just, and saying what you appreciate about Mm -hmm. the other. So so in my book, Love in the Time of Corona, the first chapter is, is get to know your partner better. And and that's where we talk about uh, having conversations. I, I do that also in the second chapter, plan your date night at home. But I have in the first chapter a sex menu. You may remember it. There are like 44 items going yeah. from kind of vanilla sex to more kinky sex. And and so the you have an opera. And that is downloadable, that sex menu. Of course, I want people to buy the book. But if you don't want to buy the book, you can download the sex menu from my advice website, which is DearDrDiana.com. And so the sex menu has yes, no, maybe, giver, receiver. I've had many, many of my couples say this was the first time they were able to talk about their sexual desires and what they wanted. It gave them a little structure Yeah, to do that. It's amazing. What amazes me is that we grow up never, like in sex education, we are taught how to prevent disease and how to prevent pregnancy. And that's it. We are not taught anything. Nobody talks about this stuff. So I love the fact that you have that menu. Um, We have a menu in the BDSM class, which is mostly kinky, but we also have a big extensive menu and people are like what they never even heard of some of this stuff before so I looked at your menu I loved it it was great and I love that you that people would put down whether they want to be the giver of this or the receiver right right and well with with BDSM um one of the uh, real pluses I think for that community and I'm not personally I'm not part of that but I understand it very well and I've I'm going to conferences, um, I've heard panels and all of that. But one of the things that's so admirable is that th- the communication is so good. There are rules. There, There is consent. Consent, big word these days, right? Big. Big, big word. And so it, I think the communication is very healthy in the BDSM community. It has oh, to be for it to go well, doesn't it? 
Yeah, you have to. Well, the thing is, I mean, and this is if we could take this and map it on to like more um, mainstream. I don't want to call it vanilla or normal. I just want to call it mainstream. Good. That's a good word. Mainstream. Yeah. If we could take the fact that the person who has the desires is the receiver. So the receiver has to be responsible for the, what they desire. And then the person who's the giver, which in, in a dominant case would be the dom, the dom then fulfills the desires, of course, with creativity and yeah. intuition, but fulfills the desires of the person receiving. The submissive person in the case of yeah. dominant submissive. Yes. If we could map that on to to mainstream and say, if you want to experience something that's a turn on for you in your head, or you want to experience something that you never heard of before, but you looked at Dr. Diana's list of sexual uh, relating the menu and you want to receive this, you're responsible for communicating that. You're responsible for telling the giver, your partner, I want to experience this. And then you become responsible for your sexuality. That's where consent comes in and all that stuff. But I love that. It makes people adult. <laughs> you know? Laurie, I'm going to have you on my radio show because I, I want that message to get out more. I'm going to have you on as my guest too on my show is called love, lust and laughter. I so, love you. I yeah, love good. You. We'll off the air. We'll, we'll, yeah, touch about but that. that's, I mean, I loved your menu. I feel like the more people can talk about these things and say, wow, I really want to try it. I never thought of this. Or yeah. I always wanted to have this kind of massage. Or I always wanted to feel like someone was taking me against my will. I was being ravished, but I didn't want to tell anyone. You know, like whatever it is, if you could bring that into the conscious and speak about it, and then the person has an idea that, oh, this is something you would like. It's like telling someone what you want to get as a gift. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I hate surprise gifts because sometimes I don't like them in my face always shows. So I like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not any, I don't have a poker face, you know? Yeah. So, so I like to be able to say to someone, this is what I want. This is what I this is what my body wants. This is what my fantasy wants. This is what, you know, it's beautiful. beautiful it's, it's, it's immensely important. Um, so in, um, in my second chapter, it's, it's plan your date night at home. And this really helps couples in quarantine. Yeah. To get, to get back on track to their, their love relationship. And if, if there are children, it's a little more challenging. Uh, but honestly, the book is probably targeted more for people, oh, 40 and up. Um, so people whose kids are a little bit older. Or a little bit older. It'd be, it'd be hard to do this date night at home if you've got toddlers, although I have some couples in my practice, you're able to do it. But your date night at home, you... you basically um want to schedule sex 
Yeah, let's talk about the, I, I always hear this and I know you hear this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the objection, the big objection. This takes away spontaneity, Dr. Diana. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do if it's not spontaneous? Talk about that. Will you, let's take your take on it. Well, my take on it is that it is, it is simply a, ho- a Hollywood myth. That somehow you're going to feel this passion erupting in you spontaneously and you're going to run toward the other one (laughs) and just put your arms around each other and feel all this passion. And especially in the pandemic, people are extra depressed and extra anxious and we'll get, I hope we'll get to the health benefits of being sexual because they're, they're enormous in this pandemic. Uh, And, and you know about that too. So, but, but so it's not. So you're not saying you're taking. You're telling people it's a myth. Um, it's a myth because you know. Think about it. In the old days, pre pre COVID, we we would plan a night out on the town, maybe with friends, maybe together. But within that plan, within that structure, we could have spontaneous fun and happenings. But it's really good to have a date night, uh, and. I would say at a minimum once every two weeks. I said this pre-pandemic too. But when you're planning it at home, maybe you get good takeout food so you don't have to fuss with cooking. And a lot of a lot of restaurants, good you know this, a lot of good restaurants with good food have takeout. And so you can do it at home. Sure. These days so many have takeout. Yes. Well, I want to I wanted to tell you what I think about the the thing about um spontaneity i feel like most people would set a time to have a business meeting because it's so important the business of business and to me i feel like scheduling a date is the business of relating and it's just as important as the business of business so when people say to me you know it takes away the spontaneity. I go, you would not run your business spontaneously. You plan in your business and you make meetings. You set up business meetings. So to me, this is the business of relating. Like I would set a date with my partner because it's the business of being in relationship. I I think you make a very good point, Laurie. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, they don't leave their business to, you know, to the minute when there's an attraction and then maybe they'll sit, you know, they'll run into each other in a deli or something and then have a meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when the couple, so say over dinner, they're having their date night at yeah. home. Um, I recommend that you do that. The couple do that. You do not talk about your work or the children, even if they're teenagers or launched uh, you know, young adults, whatever. You do not do that. You talk about your relationship and, um, and what, what you, what your intentions are. I know in Tantra sex, that's very big to talk about, to be intentional. Yeah. I think it works very well to be the best sex is really intentional sex. So you talk about what you'd like to do. I And then on the date night, I often recommend you take a shower together and wash each other, you know, your back and the soap and wash each other's genitals and 
And if you're lucky enough to have a big enough bathtub, you take a bath together and you have fun. We forget that sex is play. It's play. And so, you know, of course, if a man is having erectile dysfunction issues, and we can talk about that, or premature ejaculation issues, or the woman has lack of orgasm issues, they, they may not be able to relax enough to play. But of course, it, you'll have much better sex if you are relaxing That's and right. you do okay. <laughs> so, I love the smile coming on your face. You're like, but of yeah. course. <laughs> but of course, yeah. <laughs> if you can play, you ha- I feel like if you can play at anything, you have a leg up on anyone who's too serious, on anyone who's too serious about anything. Playing is essential to life and creativity. It sure is. And, um, you know, I, I, I did a show and tell um, video. Uh, it was actually, um, yeah, it was, it, they used the video with, um, do you know Carol Queen? She's mm-hmm. a sexologist for Good Vibrations. And no, I, no. I'm familiar with Good because I used to be in Palo Alto, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, so San Francisco had the first Good Vibrations store, Joni Blank, all woman-owned, 1970s. I mean, this was right. she was a real pioneer. So um, I did this show and tell with Carol Queen uh, just a couple of days ago. And so... We were talking about, of course, sex toys. You play, you play with a sex toy and you can be creative and you can experiment and you can get feedback from your partner and you can learn and improve. Um, my husband, who is very skilled sexually, bless his heart, <laughs> he, uh, he's learned to use a vibrating toy and go down on me at the same time. It's amazing. It's just thrilling. So you, it's experimenting and being creative. And not being threatened by it. Some, some, yeah. uh, some people are threatened by toys, which yes. is crazy altogether. But it's the same thing as not wanting to have a meeting. Um, not yeah. wanting to date. Be creative, like expand. Yeah, expand exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, and I think that it's, it's good to remember. In, I talk about experiment. It's really harder and much more painful to be a sexless couple than it is to do the work. Oh, I'm ringing my bell for you. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. It's so much. So I repeat it. It's far harder and more painful to be a sexless couple than it is to do the work. Yeah. Thank you. That's so, that's just like, that should be a (laughs) t-shirt. You know. Thank you. And what kind of goes along with that. Yeah. Because if you talk to women and I do a lot. Mm-hmm. Many women wish that men would slow down, do more, and care more. Yeah. Slow down, do do more, and care more. And care more 
means that you communicate more in my view. Yeah, in my view. beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, let's find out how they get what. <laughs> let's give them, let's give people the name of the book again. <coughs> and then we'll, sh we'll tell them what site, which website to go to, to order the book. I feel like they should get the book. Look, if you're, look, if you're listening today and you, you're just like this me, or that's my best friend, or that's my somebody in my life. There's a couple in trouble during this pandemic. This is, we want to get them the book. We want to get them talking. We want to get them communicating. We want to get them on a date. We want to get them familiar with all this. So we want to get them back to touching. And if I may just say, before I tell them about that, just work yeah. this in real quick. Chapter four is important because it's how to use touch to relieve stress. And so I have an exercise in there that's based on the sensate focus exercises that Masters and Johnson talked about. They, Masters and Johnson felt that our whole bodies, and this is so tantra too, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, are, we can have, we can have uh, erotic, there are erotic zones and we can feast. And too many people get stuck between the legs. So, right. so right. stage one <laughs> and two of my touching exercises in chapter four Mm -hmm. don't even include intercourse intercourse is off the table so you have giver receiver you take 20 to 30 minutes and there's all like the first stage one is mostly touching the face hands and feet and you you give her receiver receiver you take turns and you give feedback to your partner and it it really works to help jump start the sexual relationship the communication and the touch. And it's just, it, it improves our, it helps with stress and it improves our immunity. Um, yeah, those are, those are the health benefits of um, health benefits of touch and sex. But you, we, the, my listeners know for sure about the benefits of oxytocin. Yes. And I also think what you're saying is, you know, like skin is a large sensory organ. So huge, just the biggest that we have. So to just focus on the genitals is like, a, is like you're missing a whole bunch of, that's like eating and never having dessert. Or that's eat. right. That's a nice way to put it. Yes, Laurie. <laughs> it's great. That's really good. Do you want to, do you have any other health benefits that maybe I don't know about? or they yeah, don't know about? Possibly. Possibly. Um, it, uh, it's, health benefit is that it makes you happier. Of course, we've known for years that people get a smile on their face when they have sex. But now research proves that sex actually does make you happy. So you get a release of, I can't say the full name, it's very long, but it's, the short is DHEA. And you get a release of this and during sex, and it produces a natural antidepressant yes. and mood enhancer. Yes. And some studies actually show that regular sex can be as much as 10 times, 10 times more effective than traditional prescription antidepressants. And the other thing I want to say about the health benefits, there are many, card, card, the cardio and everything and reducing pain, but it increases immunity. And in the pandemic, this is what we want. Very um, good. So intercourse, 
people I'm gonna give having, you another one. Yeah, what's another one? Um, do you know what, about telomeres? telomeres? Yes, I do. But tell me, tell us. There was a there's a there was a study uh, that was published in PubMed, and it was published in um, I let me think if I can psychoendocrinology, the Journal of Psychoendocrinology. Yeah, where they studied uh, two hundred over two hundred couples, and only the women, and the women who had more frequent sex. They didn't say the quality of the sex. They just said more frequent sex, had longer telomeres than the women in the study who didn't have frequent sex. So I just want to let you know that it's anti-aging also. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a gerontologist. I did some studies in the early 90s with Dr. Walter Bortz in Palo Alto uh, on aging and sexuality, and they were published in medical journals. So I've known for years that you've got to remain sexual. Don't fold up your tent. Remain right. sexual. <laughs> And it's good. it's good for everything. Good. <laughs> person after you're a person after my own heart. I love. I it. like you too. Sorry, <laughs> so. All uh, right. So now, yeah. yes. Let's tell them uh, how they get it. The name of the book again is "Love in the Time of Corona: Advice from a sex therapist for couples in quarantine. That's what we've been talking about the whole time. So my, my recommendation to you, if you're hearing this and you, or you know people who need to hear this is that you get it and you get a hold of this book. So Diana, what's the site where they can receive this? What's the site where they can get So this site is my advice site, which is deardrdiana.com. And, and it, a doctor can be D-R or spelled out. It doesn't matter. It'll get oh, you okay. there. DearDrDiana.com. And so there you will find a link, goes to Amazon, but a link to, to buy the book. A print, you've been recommending the print. I do recommend the print to uh, print book as opposed to the uh, e-book, the Kindle version. But, but of course, you'll get the Kindle version immediately. You have to wait a few days for the print book. Right, right. Uh, but I think if a couple's going to share it, then they can uh, share it a little more readily with a print book. Um, and, uh, you know, like the, well, anyway, so. Uh, All right. And then, and then they're also on DearDrDiana.com. There are links to my YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube and I've made a number of YouTube videos giving advice from that comes from the book. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I really want to thank you. I want to thank you for being my guest today. I feel like you have really great um, down to earth, practical information for people. And thank you. Yeah, I really do. It's not, um, I get this. I just have this really, great sense that you really want to help people it's oh, i do that's that's what I, I i i do that's the main reason i'm i i wrote the book to help people um my first book and uh i just that's been my motivation i love helping people beautiful well thank you i mean just thank you thank you thank you for being you're welcome and and laurie i as i told you off air i'm going to have you on my show 
and I'm happy to come back to your show. I, I think we made a nice connection here. I think we did too. So yes. I want everybody to please get grab this book. Um, maybe it's not, it may not be too late um, to, maybe you didn't think of the right gift during the holidays or whatever, or maybe before Valentine's. If this pandemic keeps going on, you need this book. That's what I want to tell you. So Diana, thank you for being my guest today. I appreciate you so much. And I want to tell my listeners that I thank them, my listeners and my viewers. And please come back uh, to another episode of Sex and Happiness when I'll have another amazing guest um, to give you some more transformation and some more reason to have sex and happiness. They go Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Laurie. You're you're putting out some really good information with your show. Thank and, you. And uh, we, we need more of this. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Laurie and her work, follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.